Hi guys and welcome back to Word of Truth. So I pray that you guys are blessed. I always say that because I mean it, I really mean it. I pray that you guys are blessed. I pray that you're just filled with his peace and his love. If you're new here guys, you're welcome. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, then I just encourage you to subscribe to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss any videos. And if you're listening on podcast, similarly, just to subscribe to our podcast, Word of Truth with Tarima Thompson, on whatever platform that you're listening on, so that you don't miss an upload. We upload Word of Truth once a month. So I really pray that these are a blessing to you guys. So as I say all the time, here at Purity International, our Monday, our calling is to help raise fivefold ministers to sonship. So today we are talking about who are the sons of God? Who are the sons of God? What does it mean to be a son of God? So I'm going to start with Romans 8.19. Romans 8.19 says this. Can I see? Because the light is kind of blinding me. So I've got a new light going. I hope it, it makes a difference. But it says... For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I know I've said this previously in a word of truth. I don't know which message I've said this in. But the manifestation of the sons of God, that reveals to us that the sons of God are actually already on the earth, but we're waiting for them to be manifested. In this video, in, in this teaching, in this message, depending if you're listening on podcasts, and obviously it's not a video, I really want to share and talk about what does it mean to be a son of God? Who are the sons of God, you know, that are waiting to be manifested? How do we identify sons of God? Okay. So first and foremost, I was going to give a little, you know, description in terms of how the Lord's revealed it to me. And then we're going to go into some scripture. The son of God, in simple terms, is essentially a mature believer. You know, every believer in Jesus Christ is a quote-unquote son in terms of adoption so you know you're a son of God or a daughter of God in terms of adoption I'm going to read John 1 in in a moment but to be a son of God speaks of a mature believer it's not a gender specific term so the same way we can say the bride of Christ we're not only referring to God's daughters you know we can say sons of God and we're not referring only to God's male children we're talking about his mature sons those who have gone through a process of sonship those who have grown up to maturity and we're going to go into depth what that means because i know that we generally have a diff we have different ideas about the what that means to be a mature believer i really want to delve into scripture to to pull out what does god say is a son of god you know so you can be a son of god is not to be male or female so when we use the scripture romans 8 19 which i just read and we say you know all creation is waiting for the manifestation for the sons and daughters of god we actually change the meaning of that because it's not just the revealing of his children in terms of being a, a male child or a female child it's actually speaking about a manifestation of the sons the manifestation of those that essentially their heart will and desire is to do the will of God who sent them and to complete his work. So John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know, so when we believe in Jesus, when we receive salvation, we become a son in terms of adoption. And that is the opening point. If you're not saved, if you're not a a believer in Jesus Christ there's no way that you can move on to being a son in terms of maturity yes 
Jesus being saved allowed you to be a son in terms of adoption but the Bible does make a clear distinction between being a child of God and being a son of God between between being a babe and between being a man and so that's really what I want to delve into more I'm going to start with Galatians 4 the Galatians 4 reveals this principle Galatians 4 verse 1 and I'll possibly read uh, down Galatians 4 verse 1 and it says now i say that the heir as long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant though he be lord of all so this is a principle when we are saved when we are we come into jesus into christ we become heirs of of god we become heirs with christ right there's loads of scriptures that reveal this to us we know that we become heirs but the scripture here verse 1 reveals a principle Okay, and it says that as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. That's the principle. Obviously, this scripture then goes on to talk about how it uses being under the law as being a child and then coming, you know, in the fullness when Jesus came and coming into adoption of sons as being sons. So it then uses that principle to speak about the difference between, you know, being under the law and under grace. It uses that principle sorry it uses that analogy that principle to describe the difference between being under the law and under grace but the same principle applies when it comes to once we're in christ once we are adopted son the same principle still applies and there's loads of scriptures that help us to reveal that but i'm just going to read the rest of the scripture just for just to go into it a little bit but it says but it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father even so we when we were children were in the bond in bondage unto the elements of the world but when the fullness of time was come god sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons and because ye are sons god hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying abba father wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son and if a son then an heir of god through christ so going into this the last verse is funny because we start with this principle that there's a difference between that even though you can be an heir if you're a child essentially you cannot receive the inheritance you cannot step into the fullness of your inheritance whilst you remain a child right then it goes in to describe the difference between being under the law using that as saying us being children and being under grace or being in christ and using that to say that we are sons but then it ends saying that wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son and if a son then an heir but then it goes all the way back to say that you're an heir so the principle with regards to being an heir still applies okay but it used child and son to, to use the analogy between to just to what's it called depict the analogy between law and grace but the principle in once we're sons in terms of adopted sons in jesus the principle still applies we can be adopted sons as in adopted sons or daughters males or female children but again the principle if we're if we remain as just adopted children and not adopted sons in terms of maturity then we still cannot step into the fullness of what it means to be a son of god and how do we know this let's go to romans 8 again because romans 8 reveals something so i read verse 19 which is later but verse 14 tells us this for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so even though i read I read verse 19 to start with, but the previous verse actually qualifies what sons we're waiting for manifestation of. We're not just waiting for 
the adopt yes of course every son even regardless of whether a child as in a babe or mature is an heir however the manifestation that we're waiting for are those sons who are led by the spirit and we know that not every believer is led by the spirit that's just the truth you can be saved it doesn't mean that you're led by the spirit and you know it be to be led by the spirit speaks of obedience okay and so obedience the bible reveals to us is something that must be learned so though salvation is free though we come to christ all we have to do is to believe to believe and to receive to become a son requires obedience it requires a process because learning obedience requires a process i'm going to read hebrews 5. hebrews 5 verse Eight, and it says this though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered this is talking about the son of god jesus but if our king our model our prototype our lord and our savior the son of god had to learn obedience through suffering it goes without saying that if we are to be sons of god i.e mature believers and follow in the path of jesus that we too must go through a process of learning obedience through suffering if we say otherwise then we're not following the pattern of jesus jesus who was the son had to learn obedience through suffering so why would we not have to when we receive jesus we come into christ we get access remember john 1 said he gave he power to become sons of god so we have the power now to become mature sons but his the, the god's intention was never just for us to be saved scripture tells us it was for us to also come unto the knowledge of the truth and jesus is that truth right and so there's a process that is absolutely required to be a son of god so anyone who says they're a son of god or is a mature believer but has not gone through a process is not telling the truth and that that's not just something you know to say to be mean but it's something that's revealed in scripture something that jesus himself models it's impossible to be a son of god it's impossible for those of us who are adopted sons to say that we're a son in terms of maturity without going through a process we have to go through a process okay so to be a son of god is to be led by the spirit of god is to be one who's obedient and we don't just come into jesus and the next day we just i'm just obedient i just know i just obey god in everything i'm just led by the spirit in everything that's just not true we have to go through a process okay the process really teaches us to die to ourselves. you know it teaches us to die to self it's how we come onto the knowledge of the truth those romans talks about romans 12 be transformed by the renewing of your mind it is a journey and it's the process we don't get saved today and tomorrow we're sons of god in terms of maturity yes we get saved we're adopted sons we are children we are sons male daughters female but to be mature believers and that's what i'm talking about in this in this teaching to be sons of god the sons of god that all creation is waiting for the manifestation of to be sons of god that are led by the spirit we have to go through a process and as i said this is what that's what this ministry where you know the lord has called us to do he's given us the pattern he's shown us jesus is the model and you know depending on what your calling is as a fivefold minister there is a specific set the lord will take you through the process there's a specific set the lord will take you through his process in to become the son of god and to fulfill the calling that he's called that he has placed on your life and so as fivefold ministers we cannot how can we you know the great commission jesus said go ye into all the world 
teach teaching all nations teaching all nations to obey or to observe that which i've commanded you to let me just read it if i'm saying it accurately because i know that i just messed it up matthew 28 <clears throat> he says all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world amen so if as our great commission is to teach all nations to observe all things that he's commanded us essentially jesus is saying go and make sons go and make sons but how can we do that if we ourselves are not sons how can we teach others to observe to obey everything jesus has taught us and obviously that word observe for me it really speaks of an observational learning and so how can we teach through example, if we are not sons. So as a fivefold minister who is called to equip the saint, to perfect the saint for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, you know, so whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, we have been called, that's what we've been, that's our, that's our mandate. We are, you know, his gifts to the church. And so we have to go through that process because otherwise the rest of the body will not become sons we have to be the forerunners we have to be the examples first that's just the god's order he works from the head down you know he flows from the head down and so we have to go through that process we have to understand what it means to be a son of god yes we get a gift by default you know where we are gifts by default of being in jesus where those gifts okay but that doesn't mean that we're mature sons that doesn't mean that we are we've gone through a process we have to if we want to teach we don't just want to just be gifted but we actually want to be anointed and appointed by god we want to be kings and priests we want to be sons and we want to represent jesus in that fullness of his fruit which i'm going to go into you know speaking about what is the fruit of a son then we have to go through that process so you know my first point really is just to emphasize that there is a difference i guess more than one point but there's a difference between being a son in terms of adoption being a male or female child of god and then there's a, and then there's sons in terms of maturity and that's what i'm talking about that's what the scripture speaks about when it speaks about being led by the spirit when it speaks about the manifestation of sons of god we're talking about those mature believers that have enjoyed a process of learning obedience through suffering okay and so as a fivefold minister that's what we have to that's what we're called to ultimately there's no higher calling than being a son of god than being the bride of christ you know there's different there's different analogy to speak about the same thing but it requires a process it requires a process and so that's just emphasize we cannot turn up and say i'm a mature believer i'm led by the spirit where's your process there has to be a process if there's no process then you can't say that you're a son of god so sons of god have endured or and are, are enduring the father's process of sonship okay romans 8 this is just again to emphasize actually i'm going to read galatians galatians 5 okay when it speaks about the fruit of the spirit Galatians 5, and it says this. I'm going to read verse 18. It says, But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay? Now the works of the 
flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, unclean, clean, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in past, time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's funny, because I'm going to go back to us talking about being heirs of Christ. So you can be an heir of Christ, right? But if you operate in your flesh, which is the opposite of basically being obedient to Christ, being obedient, being led of the spirit, because if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law, but the works of the flesh, the works of the flesh is essentially speaking of a child. It's no different from being a servant. It's no different from being a slave when it's no different. So even though you have inheritance, even though you are an heir, if you still operate in your flesh, then you don't experience the fullness, the freedom and the inheritance that comes with Christ and you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And it says the kingdom of God, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we're speaking about the kingdom of God inside you being manifested. That's what we're waiting to see, the kingdom of God manifested in his sons. I'm gonna continue. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Is is a singular word. So it doesn't say are. So essentially the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law out of love these are the, the fruits these are the manifestations of love we see joy peace long suffering and that's a key, very key one because as i said you have to learn obedience through the things that you suffer long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another envying one another now this scripture is so so key let's think about the fivefold ministry as we have it currently can we say that we every all the fivefold ministers we see we're not seeing adultery we've seen that fornication uncleanness and lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variant basically all the things that are listed under the works of the flesh we are seeing it and the scripture ends with let us not be desirous of vainglory it says provoking one another envying one another i'm going to pick this up in first corinthians 3 where again paul talked about what it means to be a child and he says this and i brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal so again he's making that distinction he's saying he's using spiritual maturity carnal immaturity okay he says even as even unto babes so he's using babes and he's using as mature man I have fed you with milk and not meat. Again, milk and meat. This is all you're all in Christ, all adopted sons. But we're not speak. There's not. There's a, even as adopted sons, there's a distinction between being a babe and a son, as in mature. There's a distinction between a babe and a mature man, and being milk and meat, right? And so often we think about meat and we think, oh, this grand revelation. But as I read before, just a moment ago, the fruit of the spirit is love. There's no greater meet then love to manifest love to express love that's the greatest revelation the greatest thing that you can seek after you know that's the most that's the better way as it says in um first corinthians 13 i'll show you an uh, even better let me show you a better way right a more excellent way and so verse 3 or first corinthians 3 verse 3 
sorry, verse 2, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for yet, ye, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, there's that word again, and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Remember the end of Galatians 5 says, envying one another. That's very evident amongst the fivefold ministry. Again, God's equipping gifts. If the headship gifts of Christ are in a place of envying, in a place of vainglory, desiring vainglory, in a place of immaturity, carnality, then we cannot expect the rest of the body to be anywhere else. How can we expect the body to be in a place of love? Let's just go to Ephesians 4 quickly. How can we expect the body to get to this place if the fivefold ministry don't get to that place first. The Lord is calling us as fivefold ministers to go through his process of sonship, to become mature believers, sons of God, those who are led by the spirit of God, those who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh, those who manifest the kingdom of God, those who operate in love, okay? Ephesians 4. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is that? It's love. In a nutshell, it is love, right? that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but may but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love how can we get the body to a place where it's edifying itself in love if we the fivefold are not vessels of love to equip them in love how can they do that so we have to go through a process we have to become sons of god that means we have to learn to be led by the spirit go through a process of learning obedience through suffering so that we can teach them to observe everything jesus has commanded us right and so Jesus tells us, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. We cannot say we love God because this is the thing. Scripture tells us we can't say we love our brothers and sisters that we can see, right? So we can't say we love God and we don't love the brothers and sisters that we can see. We can't say we love God, but we don't obey what he says, you know, which is love one another as I have loved you. So love is just the fullness of it. We have to, if we don't know the love of God, which we learn essentially as we go through this process come onto the knowledge of the truth this journey of truth which reveals his love to us we can never we can't operate in love right and so jesus tells us if you love me you'll keep my commandments okay we can't say that we're mature sons those whose who sole desire is to do the will of our father just as jesus said my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work to finish his work that's the son, that's a son. You know, a child is I, 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 I. A son is like he, 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 he. It's all about him. It's all about him. Let me read 1 John 2, 
first John 2 first john 2 you know we can't say that we see today the the amount of dreams the lord has shown me in 2020 about i guess i'll just say in the last year specifically with regards to ministered and ministries from seeing ministers operate in witchcraft to make their ministry grow to seeing how ministries are so focused on the leaders it's about serving your leaders not about god per se not about um the people even or even about the message it's about doing everything unto your leader like so it's very vain glorious like everything set up to be glory unto us envying there's a lot of strife it's like whose ministry is great all of this and so even with the season that we've had in 2020 we've just shutting everything down the way that it's been i've i prophesied this anyway i, I on our website purity international under our prophetic prophetic um under our prophetic tab you'll see prophecy but speaking of speaking about the lord is manifesting his son that's just, that is the season you know we've been hearing this this for a long time but that is the season that we're coming into the resurrection season in terms of seeing the manifestation seeing the manifestation you know one of my sisters in christ she said about you know the lord revealing a set of sons revealing a set of sons first and when she said it i was listening to her ministering and i was like that really resonates abba because at the end of the day that's how abba works he works in order and so he can't reveal sons in the whole body if the, there's no sons in the fivefold he has to start in the fivefold that is the way that abba works he has to he's a god of order when we read psalms 1 1 psalms 133 it talks about how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell, dwell together in unity and it's like the ointment that falls down from aaron's head and goes down to the beard we're seeing order it flows down so if the head we see sons in the head we will begin to see sons in the body there's no way we can look to the body for sons if the head is not there because the head in terms of the fivefold ministry are the one who are called to equip the saints okay first john 2 15 says this love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and so this is what the process of sonship the learning obedience through suffering will strip us of the love of the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye the pride of life that eye mentality that's what we're talking about in the garden of eden of eden eve saw the fruit was good for food you know desire to make one wise etc etc that desire to get desire of vain glory it strips us of self that's what the process done there's no way you can't come to christ today and say tomorrow i'm a son of god even because you you know you've gone to bible school and you've got all this knowledge it doesn't make you a son of god have you gone through the process have you been stripped of i have you been stripped of self is there only one desire that remains and it's his is there only one way of thinking that remains and it's his is your life not my will but yours is your life my will like that's literally what we're talking about here and so being a son of god is to be a mature believer to be a mature believer is one who knows love and operates in love one who obeys the father no matter what it costs no matter what they look like it's not about them it's not about their vain glory let me read john 15. john 15. I'm going to read verse 4 to 5 to begin with. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I'm going to start there. Abide, that means to dwell, to remain. You know, this is basically what being obedient is. It's to remain, it's to abide. Because you cannot do your own thing and say that you're abiding. So the practicality of abiding means obey me. That's what it means. It means remain in me. And yet at the end of the, the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the spirit, which mean, means it comes from Christ, Jesus. It's his fruit that we're manifesting. It's not our fruit. It's his king. It's the kingdom of God in us that is we want to get out. When we talk about work out your salvation, it's the same thing. It's the same thing we're talking about. And I'm laughing inside because the Lord is just showing me that from the first word of truth video is that it's the same thing. And that's the ministry. We're here to help raise five ministers to sunshine. They're the process, guys. There is a process. And so Jesus is saying to produce the fruit, we have to remain in him. We have to remain in him. Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. We follow in his footsteps. But what's in him comes out of us. That's not going to happen if we, look, no tree produces fruit without a process, without an arduous process. When you be, begin to produce fruit, the father prunes you so that you can produce more. And so there's a process, there's a process that is required for the fruit of love, to learn love, essentially, to learn love. Let me continue reading, I'll read um, verses 8 down, it says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. How are you going to continue in his love? Obedience. If you keep my commandments, I jumped ahead because he said that anyway, you shall abide in my love. Obedience. Even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, which is the kingdom of God, might remain, remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends." Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servant, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. This scripture is so powerful, but it just encompasses everything. In order for us to produce the fruit of love, we have to obey. In order for us to love, love one another, we have to know his love. How do we know his love? By keeping his commandments, abiding in his love through obedience. And so it's a cycle. We come to know his love through the process of obeying him, regardless of what we go through. We see his character, we see his character, we see his goodness, we see his faithfulness. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind as we receive truth, revelation of him, truth. And we're able to flow into our relationship with our brethren, with those that we interact with. We're able to to, to love one another the way that he's loved us which is unconditional love to see people the way that god sees people to operate in love we don't have that currently not on a corporate scale we don't have that currently where we see you know as i was saying before about the dream the lord showed me even in terms of how we treat those we deem lesser in the body of christ you know i'm up here because i'm an apostle or a prophet you must serve me you know someone trying to see their pastor it takes them 10 weeks to see like even the way our systems and structures are set up in church, we don't even have, they're not even in a way that operates in a way that it's easy to love one another. I won't go into that, but 
you know, to be a son of God requires obedience. It requires learning obedience through suffering. There's a process. So who are the sons of God? What does it mean to be a son of God? To be a son of God is one who produces much fruit. One who displays the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. One who hears the Father's voice and obeys. It's not good enough just to hear his voice, to see dreams, to see visions, you know, to have angelic encounters, but you don't obey what God tells you to do. You can't say you love God, but you don't obey him. God told you not to eat that, you eat it. God told you not to go there, you go there. You have to be led by the Spirit. It's not. It's one who doesn't operate in condemnation, something I was gonna say before, because, you know, a son is mature, they don't operate in their flesh, okay? Because they've learned to crucify their flesh. They've learned to, to die daily. Romans 8, we often quote it. And it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Sons of God walk after the spirit. Which means they don't know condemnation. They don't experience condemnation. They know the love of God. They're not in a place where if they do something wrong, it's like, oh, I'm condemned, oh, woe is me. And so therefore they're not, they're not quick to condemn others. But they, uh, the Lord does convict them. The Lord leads their life, you know. And so who are the sons of God? The sons of God that those who have endured the Father's process of sonship, those who are not operating in the flesh because they have allowed the Father to transform them by the renewing of their mind. They've allowed the Father to take them through this process of learning obedience through suffering, crucifying their flesh. You know, when your your gratification is delayed, you know, you you have to grab onto him with everything that you have. Your desires die. <laughs> you know, your will, all the things that you wanted, I, self, dies in that process. It's what the Lord does. You know, we all have a natural patience and natural long suffering you know but the su the long suffering that is a fruit of the spirit it's just that it's a fruit of the spirit which means it's beyond your natural capacity to wait and so the process requires um, includes a lot of weight and i've done a few videos now with regards to the importance of the process part speaking about specific parts of the process etc but you know the sons of god that we're waiting for are those who know the father's voice they live that the love of the father is in them you know they are kings and priests unto their god they've been made kings and priests i've done other videos with regards to speaking about kingship and priesthood but those are sons of god sons of god follow in the pattern of jesus in that jesus's sole will was to do the will of his father that's it singular focus it's it's the father it's the love of god and they express the love of god those are the sons of god that's what we're waiting that's what we're we're about to see the manifestation of this and as i said the father has to start with the fivefold ministry because he's a god of order he's a god of order and so we all have a choice you know from the time that you get saved you have the power to become sons of god but as with everything we get to choose will you endure the father's process of sonship or will you opt out because at the end of the day you can just operate in your gifts you can do you know get you know get accolades and all these things and vainglory and build your own empire and all of this stuff but for the father to be glorified we must produce much fruit and that fruit is only going to be produced through his process so i'm going to end with first corinthians 11 you know because as i said at the beginning near the beginning the great commission tells us to go into all the world and to teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost teaching them to observe 
to see what you do, you know, all things I've commanded you. So at the Fivefold Ministry, as much as we do our speaking, our teaching, our preaching, our projects and programs, at the end of the day, it's your life that is the greatest testament. So I'm gonna fin finish with 1 Corinthians 11, verse one, it says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Let us be those who literally follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, that though he was a son, learned obedience through the thing which he suffered. Jesus, who even unto death obeyed the father. May that be our testimony that the Lord, you know, raised us from the dead. You know, not just speaking in the literal resurrection, but in terms of manifestation resurrection as his sons with power and may they see his face in us i really pray that this is the best you guys and i'll see you next time on word of truth bye guys <laughs>